0: and Scholars. Thanks so much for joining us for another amazing week of Sluts and Scholars. I'm Nicoletta. And I'm Simone. And today we have joining us L. Chase, the amazing
1: body acceptance and pleasure advocate and author. Are we forgetting things?
2: No, I think that sounds good to me. Um, um tell us a little more educator
0: yeah for those and sex educator right for yeah. those people out there who don't know you tell us a little more about what you do
2: well, uh, like I just said, I was, I'm a sex educator. Um, I am uh, a recently published author ow, ow, and, <laughs> yay! Um, of Curvy Girl Sex, 101 Body Positive Ways to Empower Your Sex Life. And, uh, I have two coloring books out, two very naughty, naughty coloring books. Hmm. The NSFW, um, totally naughty coloring book and totally curvy coloring book for those of you that like, like curvy girls. So, so that's
1: that's me in a nutshell. I love it. The way I first learned about you, I know Nicoletta has been a fan of yours for a while, but I first learned uh, about you when we were doing our porn episode and we were looking up feminist porn and Smut for Smarties came up and it was just so exciting to to look at and read. And then finally, you're on our podcast. And it's like, that's the whole point of doing it because you get to meet your idols. Uh, <laughs> so thank oh, you so awesome. much for joining
0: us. So tell us what of you did course. for Smut for Smarties, because that's sort of like sluts and scholars.
2: Um, so Smut for Smarties, what came first was Lady Cheeky. And Lady Cheeky is the porn site that I have. It's the body positive feminist porn site. And that started because I was dating someone. Um, I had this long distance lover and we would send pictures back and forth. And he told me about Tumblr and we started a Tumblr site. And then I called it Lady Cheeky and then people followed. And then it became this thing. So, wow. um, so then I got very interested in sex education. So I dropped my career, became a sex educator and started Smut for Smarties, which is the, um, editorial, uh, companion to Lady Cheeky.
0: and um, so, informative. so that's, that's that in the, that's that in a nutshell as well. How was that to make that transition from a quote unquote vanilla job to sex educator?
2: Um, at the time it was, it was real, felt really natural. You know, you know, they say to do what you love and it's all easy and it doesn't feel like you're working at all. Um, I felt that I finally found my calling. I was in the entertainment industry before and, um, I just hated it. And, um, so it was a big leap from, you know, making a nice living in the entertainment industry to making virtually nothing as a sex educator. So, um, so, yeah, but I really love what I do. So um, so I'm a I'm a I'm a happy person.
1: You defined um, Lady Cheeky as feminist
2: porn. Could you elaborate on that? Mm-hmm. I think it's feminist porn in the sense that the uh, intention behind it is feminist. Feminist porn is usually porn that's done ethically. Um, it's done with a lot of um, collaboration between the director and the actors in it. Um my site is really just reblogged pictures and gifs of of different you know you know of different um erotic photos and 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 all of that kind of thing but what i try and find is i, I don't like to have anyone look too young <laughs> um, mm-hmm. i don't do a whole lot of kink because it, it, the kink that i do do is um you can definitely tell that it, there's a, a consensual kink thing going on um I don't like to show a whole lot of really hardcore kink. Um, And I like to show different sized bodies when they are in a uh, inherently sensual, um, you know, tableau, which is kind of hard to find because usually it's really um, skinny, able bodied, white, skinny, able bodied, white, straight. You know, uh, and so when I find something where it's a, a fat woman or a curvy woman or or a, a larger guy and the actual image is really sexy and sensual, I'm really excited. And I'll put that up and they'll reblog it again. So. Um, so, yeah, I guess in that way, I consider it feminist. Um, you know, there you know, is your followers. That
1: many- like, do your followers think of it as feminist? And like, do you know who your followers
2: are? Uh, I don't think my followers really think of it as feminist. I think they just want to get off. Um, (laughs) Which is also (laughs) fine. Which is also totally fine. Um, My followers are really done down the middle. They're really 18 to 45, about 60% men, 40% women. And it's been like that for quite a while. Sometimes it's 50-50, just depending. Um, But it's been like that for a while. I've had the site for seven years, so... So we, we've uh, kind
0: of reclaimed for our podcast, you know, the word, I mean not we're not the only ones who have done this, but the word slut to mean something positive. Yeah. And I think when when most sex, people sex, hear sex, the word sex, fat, sex, they think not good. Um, right. but when you say the word fat, what does that mean to you? Well, I, I it's the same it's the same with you
2: with slut, you know. I want to take back that word mm-hmm. because fat is really just an adjective, right? It shouldn't be pejorative. Um and so I am getting used to calling myself fat after growing up, being called that in in a negative way, it takes a while for you to sort of, you know, repatriate that, that word into your vocabulary. Uh, So, uh, so to me, fat is just uh, a description. It could be someone who's 500 pounds. It could be uh, someone who is, you know, 4'11 and 160 pounds. I don't know. It is whatever it means to be fat to you, you know. So that's how I feel about that.
0: What do you, we were really curious about, I guess, the link that you see between body acceptance and pleasure, because I think they go so hand in hand.
2: That's such a great question. Not a lot of people um, ask the question that way. And I think it's really important.
0: Well, um, Simone came up with that question. So it's <laughs> well, it's awesome,
2: a really great question. We it's are slutty question. scholars over here. Well, you are. And I do love that about you, too. Um <laughs> So I think that the, the, correlation between the two really comes uh, from the state of mind of the person who is uh, who is being pleasured or is pleasuring. I think the more we are concerned with external factors, whether that is our weight, whether we feel we have really bad skin, whether we think we're too short, too tall, whether we have, I dated a guy who had 500 scars all over his body. He was really, really, you know, self-conscious about that. And I didn't see them. You know, they didn't register Mm
0: -hmm. to me. Um, So if you're thinking about that the whole time, it's hard to think about anything else like pleasure.
2: Exactly. And so I usually tell people to really focus on, if you can't focus for the moment on the pleasure that's being given you, really try and focus on the pleasure that you are giving someone else. Mm -hmm. And that is no small thing. We don't go through each day of our lives pleasuring other people. Well, maybe we do, but you know, those are the, those are the rare few. But you know, you don't go find them We don't go to the supermarket with the idea of I'm going to pleasure somebody you know or I'm oh, no, going the cashier to bring is really <laughs> cute down the Trader Joe's down the street just kidding <laughs> well, there, you go. there you go um so it's a really it's an intimate act whether you've known someone for 10 minutes or 10 years you know and so really concentrate on that I guess you know the buzzword is mindfulness which makes me roll my eyes but
0: um but it but has a lot of good points
2: It has a lot of good points, you know, you're here with somebody, you're sharing something and, um, whether you're making love or fucking or just having sex, um, you're still showing a part of yourself that you don't show to everybody all the time. Mm -hmm. So getting into that aspect of it and that paradigm I think is, um, is, is really a unique position to be in. And that's the way to sort of get out of your head. At least I've found.
1: Yeah, I was reading, um, your review on like I don't remember what the name of the book specifically was, but it was about like radical acceptance of a
2: relationship. Oh, radical acceptance, yes. I just wrote that for Your Tango. Yeah, yeah. and I thought
1: that was really interesting because you it's it's about it's not about necessarily even getting to the point of loving cuz that can be mm-hmm. really hard, but if you choose to radically accept the way your body is, fully acknowledging that you may not love it, but it is the body that you have, you're mm-hmm. then free to to feel pleasure,
0: to feel oh, other things. Oh, God, yes. and make space for it.
1: And I think yes. that especially when we're starting to be sexual, that's like a really important thing because so much of, of your sex life can be informed by your initial experiences. It doesn't have to be defining, but it, right. it can be a really mm-hmm. contributing factor. And I'm thinking about when I was younger and a teenager and I was thinking, I remember like. When I was in ninth grade and I was hooking up with this guy and his hand was going to go like in my underwear. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm too wet. I'm too wet. And I like went to the bathroom and wiped myself because I was like, I couldn't accept what my body was doing. And I was like embarrassed. And it's just like that kind of thing just has a negative effect on like there's if if you just accept what your body is, then you just go for it.
2: Yeah. If you know what your body's supposed to do, I mean, certainly I was never told that you get wet. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I was making out with, you know, forgot his name even, <laughs> while we're watching Hook.
0: Um, Such a so sexy film.
2: Classic. Yeah. Yeah. Super sexy. Um, And I was, and I was wet, wet, wet. And I'm like, oh my, I was so embarrassed. I was just so embarrassed. And, and I couldn't run out to go to the bathroom and, and wipe myself because we were sort of in the middle of it. But but yeah, I think that the radical acceptance of it all is a much easier place to get to than loving your body. Because well, if you think about it, you know, we don't, we're not born hating our bodies. We are conditioned to hate our bodies from the time basically we're three years old, we start to, you know, this, you start to become aware of what other people think of you. And from then on out, whether someone is actually telling you about yourself and giving you opinions or whether you are assuming things about yourself by your, um, by your surroundings, you're going to get some sort of, uh, identity that might not match with what was naturally Mm -hmm. supposed to be there. So loving your body to me isn't something that I think I will ever get to. I think that I can accept my body and I can, I can love parts of it sometimes, but not all the time. And love love what it can
0: feel. I think part of accepting your body too, which I would love to hear more about from you, because I think you talk about this in your new book, Curvy Girl Sex, but is working with what you have. So knowing and accepting your body and knowing that sometimes you have to be creative to make things work for you, to find the pleasure that you are seeking. So how do you do that in your new book? Ah, that's a, that's
2: a good question. Um, I think, I think, well, it comes from accepting your body. It comes from looking at yourself and going, look, this is the way I look. I mean, I can just speak for myself when I say, okay, I have a really big stomach. I have a big ass. I have big thighs. You know, I'm a I'm a big girl in a, in a small frame. And um, I want to allow myself to have pleasure just like everybody else does. And there's nothing physically stopping me. Mm. So when I'm in the moment with somebody, when I'm with my partner and we're in the moment, uh, I just have to accept my fat. To be honest, I have to lift my stomach. I have to pull apart my thighs or my butt. I have to do all those things. And the more I focus on, oh, my God, I have to do this. What are they going to think? What are they going to think about me doing this? The more outside myself I get Mm -hmm. and the less pleasure I'm going to get. So Mm -hmm. I just do it like I am putting my hair up in a bun. Or I just think of it that way, and mm. I I decide not to um, I decide not to linger on it because if I linger on it, you know, just it like if you're putting you. your hair up, right? You're putting your hair up in a ponytail, and if you really think about it, you're going to go, oh, it's a little off this way. Let me try it again, or there's some bubbles here. <laughs> like right there Let me.
1: Try when you're again. rolling around with someone naked and you put your hair up, you're not, it's just to get your hair
2: up. It's just to get your hair up. And I guarantee you, it, you know, anyone who wants to be with you in that situation does not give a shit what you have to move as long as you move it to be comfortable and for, you know, for them to join you in, in the pleasure that you're, you're getting. Does that
0: answer your question? Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you were talking about, obviously, maybe some some bullying and things growing up. So mm-hmm. have you always had this this view of radical acceptance and confidence with yourself. And how did you get Oh, God, no. How did you get there? For, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's so many people listening who are like, wow, I would love to have that, but it seems like uh-huh. such an unattainable goal. How do you start on that journey? No, it's so attainable
2: because I still don't have it. I mean, I have it more often than not, but I used to not have it at all. And it wasn't until I was 40, until and I'm 48. So it wasn't until I was 40 until I really, um, started to just say, fuck it. You know, this is what I look like. And um, I'm going to see what it brings me. I'm going to see what my attitude brings me and what my body brings me. And I started to date and I started to find that um, the people, you know, I happen to be a cis hetero female, um, but it could work for anybody. Uh, I just, I went online and I, I looked for people to either date or to fuck. Mm -hmm. and that's what we do online and that's what that's (laughs) what the internet thank (laughs) you that's why the internet exists um so and what I found was there are different types of people attracted to me so my my worry of not not having anyone be attracted to me and feel humiliated was gone because Mm -hmm. uh, everyone's gonna get jerks everyone's gonna get the asshole who's just like hey baby you know what I mean yeah
0: even the everyone's gonna get that
2: Yeah, no, nobody is immune to that. Um, And I found some really, really great, smart, um, professional guys. And I had a good time. And, you know, even now I have a partner and and we'll take pictures or something when we're fucking and he'll show them to me and go, oh, my God, look how sexy this is. And I'll have a moment where I'll go, oh, no, I didn't want to see that. I feel you.
1: I feel you. I've seen like what I look like having sex. And oh, you're just like. I cried the first time I saw what I looked yeah. like having sex. I was like, "What?"
2: and I got yeah. really upset. Yeah, it's really shocking because it's never what you think you look like.
1: And, no, you're um, like, "I'm fucking hot." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and
2: you're like, "Oh, I look like." like that. And I didn't feel like I looked. Um, I I felt like I looked fatter than I actually was. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, what is fat? It's an adjective, but. Now, instead of it taking me six days or six weeks to get through that, it took me six hours. So I said to my partner, you know what, I'm having a real big reaction to this and I need to back off and we need to like go down to the pool or something. And just, you know, we were on vacation, go down to the pool and just relax or something for a little while. And uh, until I can get myself over this. And what I did was just, this is the way I look. He's attracted to me. I look great. I look, you know, uh, look how beautiful that curve is there. Finding something Mm. really, um, finding something about it that was so, uh, um, illuminating and something that felt positive. Like that was brave of me to take a fucking picture myself tied up in rope. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, I've never done that, and 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 I'm a fat girl, and I let him take pictures. That was goddamn brave. Good for me, you know. Um, and I did have beautiful curves in it. They weren't the curves that I grew up thinking were acceptable, but doesn't mean they're not beautiful anyway. Does the, and? Oh, sorry.
1: Yeah. No, go ahead. I'm just curious if um, having a partner who is—I don't know if your partner's fat or not—but I was wondering if that affects how your acceptance works or not, too.
2: Excellent question again. Um, no, my partner is, doesn't have like an ounce of fat on his body. Just, it just happens to be that way. He's a, he's a athlete and, um, and yet it has never been an issue between us, um, because he's always made me feel, um, wanted and desired. Mm-hmm. And, um, he doesn't have body image issues. Mm-hmm. So he has other stuff Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. you know, that
2: we have to deal with. Um, but you know, I've slept with men who are, who are my size, who are maybe just chubby or, or whatever. And it really doesn't matter for me because it's about the chemistry and it's about the, um, it, it's just about the attraction. And I think that if most people are going to be honest with themselves, that is what is the most important.
0: I mean, I always tell people and, and think for myself, like you look how you feel. And so yeah. have you noticed that it's been different in terms of partners or people that seek you out or the energy that you get since you have felt more accepting and confident with yourself?
2: Yes. When I am feeling confident and I go out like I I'm a big introvert, so I barely go out <laughs> to go out. And if I'm feeling good about myself, it makes a huge huge difference because I used to go out and I used to have my head used to hang down a little bit. And I used to put this sort of invisible barrier around mm. myself. Like, no, if you come like, and don't you start talk talking to me. to me, don't talk to me. Cause if you start talking to me, I'm, I'm going to have to wonder whether you're flirting. And if I think you're flirting, then am I going to flirt back? And then if you don't do it the way mm. I think you should be, do- I mean, it, your mind will fuck you up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, but when I'm feeling good about myself, Oh, you know, my head is higher. I have a lilt to my walk. Um, certainly after I've seen my partner and we've had like raging great sex. Um, I'm told I have a swagger. Yeah.
1: <laughs> sex and swagger.
2: Because of like sex the hard dagger. fucking
0: or because you're like excited that you were having sex?
2: <laughs> because being well fucked is a really nice feeling. Yeah. Um,
0: oh, so so just being really
2: appreciated, yes. you know, wholly appreciated with a with a wh, and as opposed to fully. Yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, I think it, it absolutely makes a difference. How you feel about yourself does show up on your face.
1: I'm curious about uh, what was the catalyst for this like journey onto the discovering of your sensuality and like what made you take this into your own hands and like start this journey of like, no, fuck that. I'm going to, to become this person.
2: Wow, that's a really long story, but I'm going to try and shorten it for you. <laughs> um, I was in a marriage that was basically sexless. It was like if you married your best friend. and um, uh, That's I a had lot never... of the marriages we see today. That's a lot of the marriages Had we it always see been like that? Sorry, we're going to like pepper you with uh, questions. Pretty much. No, that's okay. okay. It, yeah, it had always been like that. And, and it, was, it was like that and it was acceptable like that because um, I had never had enjoyable sex. So I didn't see what the big deal with was. So not having it was not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um until um I had a depressive episode. I'm a, I'm I'm a depressive. <laughs> and I had a depressive episode and something was wrong with me, and I didn't know what it was, and no amount of drugs was helping it. And I couldn't work and I, I couldn't I couldn't do anything and I, I didn't know how to help myself and no one knew how to help me until my best friend told me to watch True Blood. Oh, I love uh, True Blood. <laughs> I love True Blood. And I it's was so like, to see where this oh. Is going. oh, true blood, really like a gothic soap opera. That's going to be the answer <laughs> to my prayers. Yes. You it? And and it was like I, I got hooked on it because it's a soap opera. And in the fifth episode, the two main characters get together and they consummate their love. And mm. um, and the passion and the chemistry between them was so palpable that. I just started crying. I just started like bawling and and not able to stop. And I kept rewinding it and then going back. And and what I didn't know was at the time, those two characters, those two people, those actors were falling in love in real life. So you can imagine the chemistry that's coming off the screen, right? I
0: remember, I'm pretty sure I've masturbated to that scene.
2: (laughs) Oh, you you and me both. Um, (laughs) Gosh, I watched uh, True Blood. Yes. Oh, Yeah there's some good scenes in that. Um, and it finally hit me. Like if I were a religious person, I'd say that I saw God, but, um, but I didn't, I, uh, it hit me that I had never experienced passion before. And in that moment, all the stuff came up that was, I don't want to be married. I don't want to be married to this person. I want to experience passion. So, um, so, so began my journey. I, I left my husband and I found a lover who really, um, was patient with me, um and who was fantastic and um fantastic in bed and and taught me a bunch of things and and uh I finally understood why people were so um excited about sex. <laughs> had you had orgasms before? <laughs> I'd had orgasms, but they were more like functionary mm-hmm. orgasms, you yeah. know. Just to feel good and go to sleep.
0: And just a quick fact for people listening out there who um identify as female, I think our orgasms can be so versatile and so different so you can have orgasms but sometimes they're much stronger sometimes they're much more like delicate they can really change based on the connection the situation the context so there's nothing wrong if you're feeling different kinds of orgasms yeah you talk a lot about
1: orgasms on your blog actually on smut for smarties i was reading a bunch of your posts in in preparation for getting to talk with you and Uh, there's you, you mentioned orgasmic meditation in oh. one of them. Can we just yes. talk about that real quick and like give
2: us a little bit of a down yeah. low, please? I have, my, I have my own thoughts about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have some thoughts about that, too, um, which might be the same as your thoughts. I'm not sure. But, Let's hear it. Uh, well, my thoughts are this. Um, I think orgasmic meditation, the actual practice of it is, um, is fantastic for people that it works for. What is it? Much what like, is it? What, I need much to know like what it like is a, first. What it is, is it's a type of, it's a type of partnered, well, it doesn't have to be partnered, um, um masturbation where, uh, Nicole Day who teaches this or whose idea it was, tells you basically to rub your clit, I think counterclockwise for 15 minutes um, forgive me if I got that a little bit wrong, but that's about it. And it's 15 minutes and that's it. And you are, the, the goal is not to have an orgasm. The goal is to connect it. It's a practice kind of like Buddhism is a practice. Um, but I find the business model for it tends to be, um, a little, uh, dare I say culty. Yes. So, Ooh. um, so that kind of turned me off, but you can buy, you know, I think, I think in her book, slow sex, I think she talks about it and you can do it on your own. I mean, you don't need to, to join the club in but order that's to like a lot to of things
0: it. that I think people that are self help things that people consider culty because of the business models like Landmark. Or ohm, yes. orgasmic meditation, oming. That doesn't mean you can't get something wonderful from it and they don't exactly. have good things coming from it. Um, but be wary of how involved you'd like to get.
1: Oh, I didn't know this was orgasmic, med- uh, orgasmic meditation trademarked. I just thought this was yeah. just like a
0: practice.
1: Well,
2: well I it, guess is. it could be both. I'm like very curious. It, I want to try it's now. It's both. Yeah. I mean, you could totally try. It's just, you know, you'll, if you, if you join, if you join the club, you'll end up spending a lot of money. What's the club? You know, I just like, well, there's, there's classes
1: there are, where you just like sit in a room classes, with people and like yeah. rub your clits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. Sounds like, <laughs> sounds, <laughs> like <laughs> sounds like kindergarten.
0: Sounds like nap time
1: at kindergarten.
0: Oh, come on. Everyone's like touching themselves during oh, nap yeah, time. So that's what, yeah. That's what I was doing. Um, one thing that I've, I would love to talk with you about that I think is hard for me as a, as a counselor, as a therapist to be, um, but especially living in LA, but we get so many people obviously who, um, are looking to have, or have had plastic surgery. Um, and I find it hard to find this balance between, um, I guess this body positive acceptance thing, but also, you know, giving people the yeah, I guess the positive feedback of saying, oh, you want to get surgery, that's something you want to do, like, and supporting their adult decisions to do that. Um, And I don't know what, I don't know what you think about that, or maybe if you've had to encounter that for yourself, but I think it's a hard balance to find.
2: It is a hard balance to find, but I think if we concentrate on intention, and we really sort of think about what that intention is, and what that means for us throughout our life, meaning, why do I want to get the lipo? Why mm-hmm. do I want to get the, um, the tummy tuck? Do I want to get it because I want to be thin and I want to get, get a, a man or I get, want to get a woman? Um, do, how, why do I want to get it? Because if that's the reason, you're never going to be done. There's always going to be something that you're going to want to get done. Mm-hmm. But you know, like I wouldn't turn down a tummy tuck. Why? Because I like clothes. and I like to fit in clothes that I can just go down the street to the store to get Mm -hmm. like right now I have to buy clothes online you know it's a big pain in the ass I have to pay shipping um you know I don't really care whether my stomach is flat whether it has a scar on it which it would if I did get a tummy tuck um you know and chances are I'll never do it but I think it it really speaks to, um, what underlying, and you know, you're a therapist, so you know what underlying, um, motivations there are for getting something like that, you know? Um, but I generally want to support people who want to get any sort of plastic surgery, if that's what they feel they need to feel better about themselves. But I do caution them to really examine their reasons for doing it because it's not going to solve anything.
0: It kind of reminds me of, I guess, taking medication um, for, you know, mood mood issues or just anything in general, that it's, um, it's something that sort of like helps bring you back to baseline. And it's not going to be an easy fix that all of a sudden I take this or all of a sudden I have this lipo and everything is, is great. And I feel great about myself, you know, because that's looking externally, I think to heal something within, but it's a, a helping tool to maybe aid you in that self internal work.
2: Yeah, as long as you're clear, just like you said, that it is it is an uh, addendum, as it were, I guess, to any sort of work that you're doing internally, because mm-hmm. it all comes from within. Um, and it might not always feel great to have done it. You know, I, I have a friend who's had a tummy tuck before and, and she was glad that she got it done. And she did it basically because she wanted to wear clothes again. And she's like, but now I have this huge scar and I'm looking at the scar and was it worth it? And would huh. it have just been better? It was a really hard surgery for her. Cause that's major surgery, a tummy tuck. And, yeah. and she was like, I don't know if I would do it again, to be honest. Huh. She said it was a lot, a lot of recouping and, um, and uh, so, you know, you just have to you just have to sort of so figure out what works for you. Another mm-hmm. and perhaps better solution to feeling
1: uncomfortable with your tummy is just to fuck a lot of people and accept it.
2: Yeah. Or just <laughs> hang, hang it out there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is it. Well, just I don't want to give away it. all the secrets of your book because I think everyone out there, you know, curvy, fat, whatever, could read it and get gain something from it. But um, we would love to hear some tips. Oh, for, yeah. For our, for our curvy listeners out there. Um, oh, yeah. Of, yeah, things to keep in mind while being intimate.
2: Well, I think one of the biggest things I learned was using pillows is really a huge, huge help to anyone, especially if they are larger, they have a bigger tummy or, or a bigger butt or whatever. But also if people are differently abled.
0: I just use it for low have, back pain.
2: Yeah, exactly. If you have pain for mobility, it's true, it absolutely, and for oral sex, it's fantastic so because good. it that just basically—it's like. Are yeah, we all talking about the liberator? Role, maybe. Oh, oh yeah, Liberator's yeah right. the liberator is great. What's liberator? The liberator is great. The liberator is a is what they call sex furniture, which you know oh. is another roll your eyes. But like that um, thing? what I'm talking about is the wedge, and it's like a um, triangular, long piece of industrial foam that's covered in in fabric that you can take a. <laughs> It would be nice if it was covered in lava. I'm
0: sure they have um, some. It's a I'm Lexi- sure, they,
2: sure they've got that in the works. Um, but it lifts up different parts of your body that you need lifted up. So if you've got a bigger stomach and a bigger and you're top heavy or whatever, putting it under your bum and lifting it up for your partner takes all of that fat and it sort of moves it all towards the top of your torso. Mm -hmm. So it opens up the genital area a lot better. So you don't have to move it or hold it. You don't have to move it or maybe just adjust it a little bit depending on how, um, how much there is, but you're really presenting yourself on a platter to your partner. And they've got hands-free so they can either part your, um, your thighs or your butt cheeks or whatever. And it's much easier too, if you're doing a doggy style to, to sort of lay over it. So you've got some support, um, for people with bad backs, people with, um, uh, arms that hurt a lot, um, or for neck pain. And it just lifts you up so you don't have to keep yourself lifted up. And again, hands are free. Um, your partner's hands are free to spread butt cheeks or whatever. And there's just easy access. Yeah. So, um, so I think pillows are a big, big deal for, uh, for just most of us. I don't know anyone that doesn't have some form of body pain, you know, knee pain or back pain or neck pain or, or whatever. Um, but I think that's the the main one. I think that missionary position is sort of the end-all be-all to positions because it can be modified in so many ways. And it means yeah. that the receiver is on the bottom. Plus. <laughs> is missionary plus, excuse me. Um, so the receiver is on the bottom and the giver is on the top. And there's so many different things to do with that. I mean, the the giver can spread the legs open and you've got easy access that way, Um If the giver wants sort of a tighter feel to their dildo or their penis or whatever, they can hold the legs up and, cross them and put them towards their um towards one side of their shoulder that gives sort of a more cozy mm-hmm. cozy feel for the giver um and it's a really nice feeling for the receiver as well snug, um, snug.
0: I love the word not cozy a, to describe I it's love just it's in no, so, that are the in there
1: no but all all of the words you're using are wonderful like I love giver and receiver and snug it's such a great way to think about sex it really is oh
2: thanks yeah. well giver and receiver because it could be anybody it could right be it could be anybody too, too, trans people who aren't identified as either one. Yeah. You know? No, I like so. that. And, and like the idea of like being
1: open to receiving and being available to give is just such an interesting yeah. way to think about, to think about sex. I don't know. I'm, I like that.
0: I love the, I love the content that you put out there, obviously for, I think, a specific audience and population. Um. And I don't know, this could just be me. I don't know if this resonates with you, but I wonder The balance because obviously there's people out there and maybe this is a positive thing but who um fetishize um big beautiful women or curvy Mm -hmm. women so do you see that as a a positive a negative and neither like if it's just a fetish like oh i you know i want to fuck a fat chick or something like that as opposed to people who are i don't know embracing the different body types
2: i think it's a uh it's a neutral for me i think if you want to be fetishized then go for it. I mean, kink is great. Yeah. You know, um, if you don't want to be fetishized, then absolutely not. Um, I I mean, it's just as simple as that. It's just like with any other kink. Some people have a foot fetish, you know, um, I I like to get foot massages, so that works for me, but it might not work for somebody else,
0: you know? Yeah. So find someone Um, who likes the fetish that matches what you got. Exactly.
2: And that's what the internet. Yeah. Glory, glory.
0: So something something that we ask everyone, and I know you worked in in a different kind of field before, but now given the job and things that you do now, have you received any sort of judgment or negative feedback from other people based on your yeah your sex Work education as a sex educator. yeah or
2: sex uh, behaviors yeah uh, so. yeah uh, no my family's fine with it I I think I had um, one lover who I didn't I didn't tell what I told him what I did. And he was like, Oh, you're, you know, your father must be so proud. And I said, actually he is. So oh, thank you. <laughs> oh um, you know, I, it's yeah. And it doesn't really matter to me. So, uh, so yeah, I, I really do enjoy, I enjoy teaching and going up in front of people and being able to say pussy and cock and come and all those things yes, without us too. <laughs> yeah. Without having, you know, that feeling over, over my head of I'm hiding something. So, um, so yeah, no, I haven't I haven't had any shaming. I'm I'm lucky. In wow, that way. not that's yeah. so interesting because we've spoken to a lot of
1: sex educators at this point, and uh, that's wonderful to hear that you haven't felt any shaming uh, or anything. Um, one thing that Nicoletta has experienced, I know, because of her presence as a sex educator on the internet, is like unwanted sexual attention because she talks about sex. Do you get that?
2: Yeah, uh, that's why I've stopped coaching for a little while, because I would get inquiries that were 90%. I'm having trouble masturbating. Can I get on Skype with you and show you what I'm doing? So you can tell me if I'm doing it right. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's like, okay, I get it. You know, that's fine. If you want to do that. I'm not that person for you. You know, Mm -hmm. so um, So, yeah, so that's kind of a bummer. So now I just do coaching when it's referred to me. Um, And uh, I like to do couples more than I like to do single people because I really like that dynamic. Um, But usually, you know, it's just it's just one session or I refer them out to a therapist because Mm -hmm. coaching is not therapy. Right. So but we
0: often work with coaches because there's another another layer of things that that you all can do that we're, you know, aren't able to or aren't allowed to.
1: As a yeah. as a coach and sex educator, um is there anything that you just wish like everybody knew
2: about sex or bodies or things like that that you're just like,
1: "Oh my gosh, this would be so great."
2: Yes, it's that um there is no normal. You know? Yeah. That that comparing yourself to whatever your idea of normal is is um is N- is going to lead nowhere. <laughs> it's yeah, going to lead aplica- to unhappiness.
1: Yeah, and that's applicable to like the realm of, you know, desires and fantasies and also yeah. like your physical body.
2: Yep. I love that. Yep. Yeah. So,
0: um so yeah, so that would be my that would be my answer to that one. Well, we we have to wrap it up soon, but we have so enjoyed talking to you and for those people out there um listening if you enjoyed this or want to hear more, um how can people follow some of your work?
2: Um, well, you can go to my website, which is LChase, E-L-L-E, chase. dot com. I'm the L Chase on the interwebs, mm-hmm. on social media, and um, that's basically the good place to find anything I'm doing. Any sort of uh, classes I'm teaching or or whatever will be up on the website. Um, so. And I just want to, L has been very.
1: Um, Almost self-effacing when it comes to her Tumblr. Just so you know, her Tumblr is Ladycheeky.com, and it has over a hundred and sixty thousand. <laughs> thousand followers Cosmo.com is into it the Huffington Post and others have ranked it as the number one porn site for women so if you're not looking at it you better get on it and then her blog is smutforsmarties.com which is LA Weekly's choice for the best sex blog since 2013 so it's feminist body positive and it's amazing so if you're not looking at the porn start doing that and if you're not reading the articles get on it as well
0: (laughs) thank you wow well well, Elle, thank great. you so much again for joining us. This has been Sluts and Scholars. Please tune in next time. Subscribe to our channel. Feel free to hit us up at Gmail or Oh and Twitter. Review, review, review. Sluts and Scholars, review. Um, and we will see you next time. <laughs>